The views and opinions expressed on Unlock Your Wealth Radio are those of the host, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the views of Unlock Your Wealth Radio, Heather Wagonhalls, or Success Publishing International. More willpower than a barefoot woman at a shoe sale. Able to stretch a single paycheck for an entire month. Makes money concepts easier than third grade math. Introducing your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhalls. Work all day, stress all night. Take your mind off your money and focus on your life. Money don't matter for the stuff it bought. It's the way you think, not what you've got. Yeah. Unlock Your Wealth Radio starts now. Get your money mind right. Today's show is sponsored in part by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at unlockyourwealthradio.com forward slash free book and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for stopping by. We are so glad to have you. I'm Heather Wagonhalls, flanked by my producer extraordinaire, the maestro of moolah as he waxes baton, Michael Terry. Hey, hey, hey. And uh, we will help you get your money mind right on today's show with the following great features. First off, fourth key, as we power through them, knowledge is power. Not knowing is powerful. We're going to address our five areas of concern today. Five. Uh, Moolah word. How about some wire fraud? Some what? Wire fraud. Thought about that? Had any of that? Wire fraud. Yes. Wire fraud, as opposed to wireless fraud. <laughs> wow, so what is that? Is that like what we, uh, my IRS thing? I guess we'll just have to wait and find out, won't we? Yeah. Till that segment. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, I'm not going to give away any secrets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Duke is going to help us uh, with our moneyism today, Duke, Duke, and we're going to talk Duke. about courage. Who's the Duke? Oh, oh, Johnny Boy. <laughs> Who's the Duke? Has it been that long? Not Duke Ellington, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, You're a music Ellington. guy. Yeah, Duke Ellington. Uh, that's You're probably thinking of a different Duke. Duke girl. I'm a Western girl. I'm an Arizona girl. We're hey, talking about... Pilgrim. Exactly. We're talking about that Duke. Uh, cowboys and Indians. Um, how about uh, money dramas? How about becoming risk-averse? We're going to talk about risk-averse people. And our money drama. And uh, minutes on your money. How about four reasons people fall for scams? Hmm? Hmm? Yeah? Ouch. And uh, trivia question, as always, based on a previous show, that would be Dreams with Deadlines. And today's guest, ever had partnership problems? With, with in business? Like in business, oh, yeah. Oh, man, I got some good ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So wouldn't it be helpful if you like knew how everything was going to be divvied up up front and how to figure out what is fair and equitable when one person has money and one person has the sweat equity, as they say? Well, we've got Slicing Pie author Mike Moyer coming on today to help us figure all of that out. As we uh, move forward with today's show, we will talk about your money, your credit, and how to get ahead in any economy. We will also show you how to manage your money easier, saving time and reducing stress using these proven techniques for you to create unlimited wealth and happiness. 
Insiders Club members enter automatically in our weekly giveaways. And if you are not a member and would like to compete for great money management tools, just answer today's trivia question correctly. So this week's trivia question is, last week we talked about planning backwards in our Dreams with Deadlines strategy. And we said that we were going to employ a sales technique to help us as a savings technique. And it started with an R. You remember what it is? I hope the audience does. <laughs> this is one of my strengths, too, saving. There you go. See, well, <clears throat> thanks for playing. Yeah, I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> So if you think you know the right answer, you can win one of three ways. You can call in, chat in, or email in to win. If you want to call in, that's 1-866-966-9420. That's 866-966-9420. If you're listening live from the website, hop in the chat room. I'm here. I'll be happy to take your correct answer. And if you were driving around, either listening on syndication or from a podcast, iTunes, Downcast, Stitcher, uh, what's the other one? Spreaker. Libsyn, who knows where, everywhere, we're everywhere. If you're listening from a podcast, you can win via email. Just send us an email to trivia at uywradio.com. That's trivia at uywradio.com. And if you have no idea what the answer is, everyone can still walk away a winner. For you listeners of Unlock Your Wealth Radio, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Just visit the website to get started today. So, minutes on your money. Let's have Okay. What are we doing? You know, we are becoming the foremost fraud and identity theft experts on the internet. Did you know that? You and I? Yes. Well, specifically... You. <laughs> specifically Carrie, who does all, all oh, the yeah. publishing, yeah. actually. Right. It's her. <clears throat> so don't say we never give you any credit, sister. Yeah, really. So, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, she is helping us. Well, and, and I'm making appearances all over the country mm-hmm. on different radio and television programs talking about frauds and scams because they just seem to be so prevalent these days. Data breaches, you name it. Yeah. So uh, fraud artists are getting sneaky these days and they're coming up with all kinds of tricks for people to fall for their scams and gotchas. And we're going to have so much fun yeah, in, in a couple shows when we do our, 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 uh, your IRS guy. Yeah, the IRS guy. <laughs> I can't wait for that. Fun I know <laughs> we're going to have so much fun with him. He's kind of like some sort of inspector Clouseau with his accent, but not really. Cause it's not a good accent. Like he's not doing it good enough. You well, know, I think it's, that's you think it's a real accent. I think that's him. Yeah. I think oh, I thought, I thought he was trying to disguise his voice. But. Uh, Well, according to an article from Yahoo Finance, uh, ever since 1996, it's been pretty easy to steal money from people on the internet. You put up an item for sale on a site like eBay, you took people's money, and then you never sent the thing they bought. Oh my God, that happened to a friend of mine. Bought a stupid uh, Apple product, (laughs) of all things. Damn Apple products. (laughs) (laughs) He bought a laptop. I'm like, why would you do that? He's like, because I didn't want to pay retail. And I'm like, that's stupid. Why didn't you just save up and buy one? Why would you buy? I wouldn't ever buy a used computer anyway because I'd worry about somebody else's cooties on there. Yeah, I bought. I bought one for. Um, I bought one for the kids. Oh, 
and it lasted them about a year and a half, but it was $200, so they got their money's worth. Or uh, there you money's, go. They got my money's worth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they, of course, they still got their money's worth, too, because they had a zero investment yeah, basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, scams have become more sophisticated since the late mid to late 90s, but two things have remained incredibly constant during the past two decades. The victims almost always send money using a method that offers no recourses like wiring funds because most individuals are thinking wire fraud would never happen to me. The second group, their extensive portfolio of overpriced extended warranties, timeshares, and underperforming mutual funds are only baiting the line to be outsmarted and the easiest marks to scam. Isn't that interesting? One of the things a trained con man or con woman will do to victims is lavish them will praise. I can't believe this is such a great deal I'm giving you. Oh my gosh, my boss would be so angry. Uh, that from the auto dealer as he walks away with your moolah. Uh, So you think you can't be scammed. Um, If that's your thought, you're probably next in line. So here are the four main reasons people fall for them. First, if it sounds too good to be true, it's your own fault. Like a good wrestler, artists know how to use a person's strength against them. There's a piece of us that's anxious to get in on an investment before anyone else knows about it or get that new gadget at a price others could only dream about. Like I see those commercials for those bid websites. Get an i a brand new iPad for 34 cents. Like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> How about number 2? We are all smart in different ways. Everyone is good at something and everyone is dumb at something. Maybe you are a slick investor, but you don't realize your dentist is over-treating you. (laughs) Who knew your dentist could be a scam artist? Maybe you have an elegant spreadsheet of monthly expenses, but haven't noticed your cable bill has risen from 50 to a buck 50 a month. That happened to my mom. I've got to call them tomorrow, as a matter of fact. I know. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what? Uh, nobody is good at everything, which means there will come a time when you have to flat out trust someone else not to cheat you, and that's where you're going to be a vulnerable. I love PayPal. PayPal actually tells you they're going to they're going to rip you off. They give you an email saying you're you're to avoid interest, pay you got to pay this much, which I think is great. You know. Oh yeah, because you have that. What is it? I Spend it later. That, well, the, but yeah, I. Pay me later. Pay me later, or yeah, bill me later. Oh, okay. And it's a great deal as long as you pay that money. But and they tell you they they let you know. Hi, if you don't pay us today, we're yeah, gonna screw we're, you we're tomorrow. Gonna, we're gonna nail you to the wall. <laughs> and they give you plenty of time to make the payment. That's awesome. Isn't that great. I mean, banks didn't do that years ago. No, no. They just hit you hard. And I'm sure Best Buy doesn't do it. I sure I'm sure any all the department stores don't. do it. No, you know what the you know what the one that drives me nuts is, and I just look at women and I'm just like I just want to hit them when I stand in line with them at Victoria's Secret. And they use the credit card. Yeah, or they go in to make a payment and then the lady hooks them for something else. Oh yeah. They're like, why don't you just make is you know like when you give them the the statement thing yeah, yeah. and you say, you know what, why don't you make your minimum payment and then you know we have you know five bras for four hundred dollars on sale <laughs> and you're like, oh 
bargain. It'll push me up and it'll suck in some guy that's buying, you know. You know talk, yeah, exactly. Talk about misrepresented merchandise. Yeah. <laughs> There's a fraud and a scam. The push-up bra. Yeah. Right? Boob yeah. jobs. Yeah. All of that is... Um, False advertising. Yeah, looks good though. <laughs> From a distance. You're okay with that false advertising? No, I'm not. Buy, buy me another push-up bra. I mean, at this point, my the life. guy thinks he's getting a D and she's like yeah. an A and a half or a B cup, right? <laughs> but these push-up bras make you look so much better. Yeah. But no, you know, and and or they just they ambush you. You know, if you open up a Victoria's Secret credit card um today. You get, you get 20% off. You you can go get one more bra and then yeah. get like uh-huh. this free gift that cost us thirty cents to make in China, but it's a it's a another handbag you'll never need. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, okay, and you go grab another seventy five dollar bra. It is like really. Yeah. And now you're gonna pay like twenty seven percent interest on that bra yeah. mm-hmm. for the rest of your life because yeah. you're never gonna get it paid off yeah. time. So uh, yeah, so. Um, and last but not least, and this is this is how Madoff's friends made made it happen. Let me tell you, you rely too heavily on friends' advice. Yeah. The other common phrase uttered by victim is, "But he, she was recommended by a friend." I was recommended by a friend for my website redo. That was not good. For some reason, many people turn off their evaluative system when a friend recommendation comes across the mark. It's just uh, like in the computer hacking world, they call this third-party validation and it's very effective. <laughs> and and oh, look at the article even says, just look at the list of Bernie Madoff's friends. Yeah, yeah. So keep these scam artist tricks in mind the next time something seems too good to be true or someone is overflattering your expertise at something. Be wary. So we have slicing the pie, we have moolah word, we have moneyisms and keys to riches all coming up on Unlock Your Wealth Radio. We'll be right back with more after this. Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins, Kathy Colby all had coaches. Whether it was their father, someone else's father, or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail. Each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were, but as the person inside they knew they could easily become. Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation now for your free consultation. 1-866-966-9420. That toll-free number again is 1-866-966-9420. Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com. I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Too much month left over at the end of the money? Tired of paying off debt again like a slave? Then tune in to my one-minute update on Fort Myers Beach Radio for your morning cup of money motivation. And for more tips, visit crackingyourmoneycode.com. Attention passengers, please fasten your seatbelts as we are in for some turbulent weather ahead. Bill Thomason is the Valley's premier business coach. 
Bill can help you ride out the turbulence your business may encounter. Bill Thomason is the America's premier executive coach and strategist. Bill can help you create the life you will love living. Over more than a quarter century, Bill has helped thousands of people just like you to achieve success beyond what they had imagined. Now is the best time you will ever have to decide what you want and to take powerful action toward achieving the outcomes you desire in your life. Bill has studied the success patterns of the highly successful people and he has provided coaching and training programs to small business people and to top Fortune 500 executives across the U.S. and Canada. Now you can benefit from Bill's experience. If you are like most people, you may just need the professional encouragement a coach can give and a real plan for creating the outcomes you say you want in life. Call Bill now, 602-321-7192 to schedule executive coaching sessions. Thank you for flying NLP Skills Training Institute. Work all day, stress all night, take your mind off your money and focus on your life. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today's show is sponsored in part by LifeLock. Comprehensive identity theft protection from LifeLock helps safeguard your finances, credit, and good name. Get your special offer for Unlock Your Wealth Radio listeners at unlockyourwealthradio.com forward slash LifeLock and protect your financial future now. So let's talk moolah word of the day, shall we? Uh, So wire fraud kind of ties into our little... Uh, thing today on Minutes on Your Money. Wire fraud is a crime in which people attempt to defraud victims of property with the use of electronic communications. People can be charged with this crime whether they rely solely on electronic communications to commit the crime or simply use such communications at a stage of the crime. Wire fraud involves the telephone, radio, and television, and in today's age, most cases involve the internet. People can send sound, images, video, or text in association with a wire fraud attempt. In all cases, the information provided is intended to mislead the victim into giving up money or property. People can be defrauded in a number of different ways, ranging from emails pretending to be from friends stranded in foreign countries who need assistance to advertisements for products that simply don't exist. Wire fraud may be committed by a single person or by a group of people who work together to create a more believable scenario. Some schemes have been extremely elaborate and on the internet. People may be may prey on older adults and on people who are not as familiar with the internet using misleading emails and other communications to trick them. So it's not just the sending and receiving of money over wire. It's like why like communications. Yeah. So which is kind of interesting because we think of wire as communications, mm-hmm. but we're so wireless. But it's still... You mean email. Right. Email, cell phones, you know, the whole like into the ether things can be... I get get all sorts of weird stuff on email and I don't even even look at for more than a split second just to find out who it's from and then I just delete it if I don't know. Well, now that we've become this fraud expert, I I start replying to him and I try to be as gullible and as dumb as possible because I'm like, we need more material for the show. (laughs) I guess I'm afraid to respond because it could open up a, a... like, it's so big. I think that we should have, like, a segment on next season that yeah. we just talk about frauds and scams. Yeah, yeah. And the, the malware thing now is becoming a problem. You know, the, the viruses. Right. So if you open up an email, you're subject to a virus. So I, right. That's another reason why I don't respond. Right. Well, you know, there's different types of software that can help you with all of that. Yeah. 
which is cool. So, uh, how about a guest? Let's talk about something good. Let's talk about partnerships and, uh, how to get into them and out of them, uh, unscathed (laughs) as the case may be. Well, we have someone who can help us. Mike Moyer, author of eight books that provides structured advice to people who want to solve specific problems like splitting equity in their startup company or delivering an awesome sales pitch. He mostly writes about and speaks about business and entrepreneurship. He is the founder of Lake Shark Ventures, where he invests in early stage ventures and provides consulting focused on management and revenue generation. He has been an entrepreneur who has started a number of companies, including Banana Graphics, a product development and merchandising company, Moondog, an outdoor clothing and manufacturing company, Company, Vicarious Communications, a marketing technology company for the medical industry, and on and on it goes. He is going to join us today and talk about specifically partnerships. He's the author of Slicing the Pie, Pitch Ninja, How to Make Colleges Want You, College Peas, and Trade Show Samurai. And he now joins Unlock Your Wealth Radio to help you get your partnership right. Mike, welcome to Unlock Your Wealth Radio. It's so great to have you a part of the show. Thank you very much for having me. I'm happy to be here. So you're our first entrepreneur advisor in the partnership split up capacity. Good. I'm glad there aren't that many of us out there. <laughs> no, there's not. So you, you've got uh, big blue oceans to swim in right now. And uh, one of the toughest things we have is getting started. Either I have an idea and I don't have money or my buddy has the idea and I have the money. And we, because of the way we think in terms of our upbringing and our relationships with money, uh, personally, we bring those to the table when it comes to establishing our partnerships and setting up kind of how they should be structured. And it's not always the most pleasant. And sometimes we get into bed financially, we think we'll take on this financial partner, but then it becomes the biggest nightmare. And we would almost rather bankrupt the business than keep going and because the partnerships become so uncomfortable or inequitable that it makes it difficult to continue to fight the good fight and get up every day and live your passion. Would you say that's a fair assessment of what happens when they're not structured properly? Absolutely. You know, companies, startup companies fail all the time. It's north of 90% of the companies that's never getting off the ground. And I believe that it's a lot of the, due to the fact that the, the disagreements among founders that just can't get along they can't come see eye to eye, and they don't feel like they're being treated fairly. And you see this problem in our day jobs, our real jobs as well. If you don't, you work for a company where you don't feel like your contribution is valued, or you don't think you're being paid enough, or anything else is not fair, you don't like working for there, working for that company. So in any situation, you're not treated fairly. It becomes untenable very quickly. And I always say, if it's not fair, it won't be fun. If it's not fun, it becomes work and not pleasure, and people will begin to bow out and things will begin to fall apart. Right. So uh, let's kind of play through a couple different scenarios. Let's try to play through the ideal situation where we've got the idea and we've come up with like the next be all end all widget of all time. And everybody likes it. And we have created our prototype and, and 
we've got some track record in the marketplace and and now we want to structure an actual entity because up until this point, we've just been tinkering and playing around. We haven't set up a formal environment um, in a business setting and, and we haven't picked our structure and our partnership and stuff like that. So what would be some of the first questions we need to ask ourselves amongst the founders as we go to set up this, the structure so we can start with success in mind? Well, the way to understand the solution to the problem is to understand what the problem actually is. The problem, the situation you just described is one where the company is sort of already formed, they're kind of going down the path, and they have to determine how much value each person provided. And that is the core of the problem. We can't determine how much value exists in a startup company because the value in most startup companies is zero. So no matter what we do with our startup company, no matter how much money we spend on it, the Value is usually zero and will remain zero until we have enough traction and enough success that we can actually convince somebody, an investor, to buy some of the equity. So we try to determine value in all kinds of different ways. We try to determine value in terms of like we put together a financial projection. We might try to pretend we know what the future is going to hold and kind of back that into each one of us. Or we might... Um, Try to follow rules of thumb. I look up Silicon Valley and say, "What's you know, what's typical for a CTO? What's typical for a marketing person? What's typical for a founder?" So, in all cases, founder equity splits are guesses, the wild guesses about the future, what's going to, what's going to, people are going to do, what they're going to contribute. So, there's no um, objective way of determining equity splits. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all guessing. Okay. The right way to do it. It's not to consider what people are going to do, but what they actually do. What's interesting about a startup company is when people contribute time or ideas or money or facilities or supplies or relationships or anything else they might contribute, the value of that contribution is, is very specific. It's, it's equal to the value they would have otherwise been paid by somebody else for that same contribution. So I call it that's good, that's the fair market value. So if I'm someone who can earn $100,000 in the open market, my fair market value doing a similar job at a different company would be $100,000. So if I spend a year working on your startup, I'm putting at risk $100,000. So everything has a fair market value. And what I do in my model, it's called a dynamic equity split. I basically create what's got a fictional unit of measure, which measures risk. Or you know, when you put something into a company, you're taking risk. And I, I use the fair market value times a risk multiplier, and I convert it into what's called a slice. And at any given time, a person's ownership of that pie of that company is equal to the number of slices they contributed divided by all the slices contributed by everybody, which guarantees that everyone always has exactly what they deserve, no more and no less. It's called a dynamic equity split. It's a fundamentally different way of thinking about the problem than using a traditional model. It is, because I've seen... Uh in practice, some the way folks have split up companies and, you know, under the auspices that they knew what they were doing, made big right. mistakes and people have equal equity shares when there was clearly unequal contribution. And in some cases, sweat equity was the only contribution that, that one of the partners had made. And 90% of companies do fixed to equal, equal split. Yeah, well, and I can see there's some severe dysfunction, you know, and everybody is trying to claim that their piece is worth X. But, you know, let's if we just took the highest contribution and that would make all the other two 
equal to that, right? You know? Right. When and, you do a fixed equity split, like a 50-50 or a 30-30-30 or, you know, 30-30-30, the minute something changes in the company, that split is not going to be fair anymore. They might, on day one, have the best intentions of doing exactly the same amount of work. But the minute one partner feels different about the business, it's automatically going to be unfair and going to cause problems. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is you and I go into business 50-50, you do all the work, I do nothing, and I own half your company. Right. And you got to renegotiate my way out of it. I call that an alligator pit negotiation. <laughs> you have less than, I call them less than alligators and greater than gators. And if you go into a fixed equity negotiation, you're always going to come out with either less than you deserve or more than you deserve. And you're faced that negotiation with self-preservation and fear and, and anxiety and all the kinds of things you don't want to bring to your table with your partners. You want to work in cooperation with them, not, not against them. Wow. Okay, well, so now you just spurred a litany more questions that I want to ask you after the break. But first, let's hear a word from our sponsors. You are listening to Mike Moyer on Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and we'll be right back with more after this. Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins, Kathy Colby all had coaches. Whether it was their father, someone else's father, or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail. Each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were, but as the person inside they knew they could easily become. Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation now for your free consultation. 1-866-966-9420. That toll-free number again is 1-866-966-9420. Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com. Welcome to the Unlock Your Wealth Update. Here's Heather Wagonhalls. This is one of my favorite moneyisms from the Duke, John Wayne. Courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. Depending on your biology in the moment, you can respond to fear a few different ways. Fight, freeze, or flee. So many of us view courage as the absence of fear, and John Wayne sums it up nicely. Those who succeed in life are not necessarily fearless. Rather, they are courageous. Being courageous is first assessing the validity of the fear, determining risk, and making the decision to move forward because the rewards are more valuable than simply avoiding the risk. How would your life be today if you started saving a few bucks early on in life? A few bucks a day doesn't seem so courageous, though it is. If it wasn't so scary, would you already be doing it? Follow your fear and start saving and investing today. For more great resources to help you create unlimited wealth and happiness, visit our website at crackingyourmoneycode.com. I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. Heather Wagonhalls here from crackingyourmoneycode.com. Tune in to my Unlock Your Wealth update for your daily cup of money motivation. Weekdays at 1225 during the Midday News Report on Corey's Hometown Radio, 1370 AM, WWCB. Attention passengers, please fasten your seatbelts as we are in for some turbulent weather ahead. Bill Thomason is the Valley's premier business coach. Bill can help you ride out the turbulence your business may encounter. Bill Thomason is the America's premier executive coach and strategist. Bill can help you create the life you will love living. Over more than a quarter century, Bill has helped thousands of people just like you to achieve success beyond what they had imagined. Now is the best time you will ever have to decide what you want and to take powerful action toward achieving the outcomes you desire in your life. Bill has studied the success path 
patterns of the highly successful people, and he has provided coaching and training programs to small business people and to top Fortune 500 executives across the U.S. and Canada. Now you can benefit from Bill's experience. If you are like most people, you may just need the professional encouragement a coach can give and a real plan for creating the outcomes you say you want in life. Call Bill now, 602-321-7192 to schedule executive coaching sessions. Thank you for flying NLP Skills Training Institute. Welcome back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhalls. And today we are joined with slicing the pie expert, Mike Moyer, and we are talking about shares and partnerships and splits and fairness and unfairness and uh, greater than and less than alligators. I remember the alligators. (laughs) You know, when we talk about the dysfunction. So let's say I've got a person that specifically gave $100,000 to start a business. One person got their third from sweat equity or making the marriage happen. And then the third person claims that they put in 30000 but they didn't quite really put it in or there's no real documentation to substantiate that. And more money needs to be raised. Nobody wants to dilute down, uh, but the business can't grow. The business is being stifled by the standoff and the business may go away if it can't be resolved. And, you know, the person that that gave the hundred thousand is really, really upset because they don't work the business at all. And they expected to get income from their investment and they're not, and they're demanding distributions. But if you give to one, you have to give to all three and on it goes. So how, how does one fix that alligator pit? Well, that's, you know, unfortunately an all too common scenario, uh, it happens all the time in startup companies. And, you know, the model, uh, there's a couple of different things going on in that scenario. And the framework that I propose is called, is I call the slicing pie model. And there's, there's two pieces. There's an allocation framework which determines the allocation of equities in or profit interest in a company. The other is a recovery framework that determines how you recover equity. So in the scenario where you had a slacker who was, you know, said they did something and actually didn't do it, you may have grounds for termination. Now, when you terminate somebody, you can retrieve their equity in certain cases and not in other cases. So the circumstances around somebody being terminated are different in, in, in most scenarios from, from case to case. So, Somebody who gets fired for not doing their job, for instance, is different than somebody who gets laid off even though they were doing their job. They deserve different treatment. So using the dynamic equity model, the slicing pie model, all those people would be treated fairly. So the, the third wheel that wasn't doing their job might be terminated for good cause, in which case the recovery framework would dictate a buyout price or a way to get that equity back. In most cases, they'd lose their equity if they're not doing their job, which is fair. If um, the other two remaining players, they're, they're the equity to automatically adjust. So in this case, you said it was a third, a third, a third. If you got rid of the third player, it would adjust to 50-50. If they brought in additional cash, that, that cash would go in using their allocation framework. I use it as a function of fair market value, and the fair market value of a dollar is a dollar times a multiplier, which determines slices. So as the money is spent, more slices would be added. And yes, people would be diluted. But diluted is not a bad word. Diluted, dilution simply means that things are adjusting properly. 
if they're being, it's a bad word because in most cases they just improperly. So um, someone will come in and buy another chunk of equity and push other people down. But as long as um, everyone's being treated fairly relative to the other players, the solution's not that big of a deal. All it means is that my my slice may be smaller percentage-wise, but the pie is growing, for instance. So, Right, it's a bigger pie. And I would rather have a smaller slice of a bigger pie than a bigger slice of a small pie. Right, and people, people forget there's an infinite number of slices that can be allocated. Um, what's really important is not your overall percentage you own, but the underlying value of that. As long as your company's moving forward, and the only way it can move forward if more contributions are made. You to spend more time making sales, doing development, that's more cash in. So you'll be naturally diluted by the model if it's appropriate. But as you make more contributions, the model will allocate slices to you. So you gotta you got to be able to allocate slices properly and recover them properly um, in the event that someone needs to leave the company. Traditional models simply don't, 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 don't accommodate that well. Right. And and I think that that's where people make mistakes. So what happens then when you get um when you get uh the the person uh like in this example, the person that brought nothing to the table but but got the money for the other person that had the idea is now the person that's working the the business and now there's a stalemate between the other two. Is there is that something that's solvable or is that something that you just say, you know what, um, I'm just going to cut my losses and move on? Well, what I find in situations like that is first thing I do is I educate the person on how dynamic equity is put to work. And after that's done, they should understand that their what, what their what their position is in the company and why it's wrong, and what it, it, the fact that it is wrong is doing to the company. Um, I call them I call people who work for startup companies grunts, the people who do the grunt work. And once you apply the the dynamic model onto your scenario, it'll tell you if you have too much equity or too little. I call someone with too much equity a fat grunt, and someone with too little equity a skinny grunt. <laughs> uh, and you'll see, um, once you figure that out, that if you're a fat grunt, you'll see the damage you're causing to everybody else. If you have more equity than your fair share, that means people are resenting working for you, and your chance of that share being worth anything ever is very slim. If you don't have enough equity, you're thinking of bailing out the company anyway. So what happens is, everyone is motivated to bring it back into balance. And the people who aren't are the kind of people who are willing to make a profit at somebody else's expense. And in those scenarios, if you get in the scenario nine times out of ten, if you can't get someone to budge on fairness, then you talk up to, to experience. And the next time you don't get into bed with someone who's not fair. So once people see, have fairness staring them in the face, they have a real hard time morally continuing their current trajectory. And they'll always want to go back to fairness. You know, the slicing pie model will give you what you deserve, not what you desire. When I do lectures, I often say to people, you know, who would be willing to have more than they deserve? And I always get a handful of people saying, yeah, you know, as long as it's going to go wrong, it might as well go wrong in my favor. <laughs> There's an I interesting say, you know, position. How, so, so everybody else who sees those guys, who wants to work with them? Nobody wants to work with somebody who's willing to benefit at your expense. Right. So the real, the real key to working through those differences is, is to show them what it should be. And because most people don't have an objective model for determining what it should be, we go back to the alligator pit negotiation and argue about it and try to get more or less for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So the dynamic equity switch 
shows you what it should be and what fairness actually looks like in your business. And that's a real eye-opener for people. Can you define angel investor? Because I know I, I hear people say, oh, well, I just need an angel investor. And they throw these terms around loosely. And I don't think that they truly understand what an angel investor is or does for an organization. An angel investor is somebody who provides a portion of the funds needed to get to where you want to go. Um, so someone who doesn't cover all your expenses. Someone who covers all of your expenses is called is what I would call a Series A investor. So, you know, people think an angel investor is just a, sort of an independent person or an angel investor, you know, has a certain limit. But the way I define it is this, to the extent to which the funding covers your expenses in the foreseeable future. If you pay everybody what their fair market value is, I pay for your time, I pay for your ideas and your commissions, I pay for your royalties on your ideas, I pay for supplies. If I pay for everything, I can keep the equity, right? Because mm-hmm. you're not taking any risk. So if I have enough money just to pay for everything, I can keep 100% of the equity. And I personally do that. I have companies that I've started, and I have a staff, and I pay them all full market rate salaries, and they don't get any equity in my company. They know what I do. They know my business. But I don't give them equity because they're happy because they're getting their full salary. If I pay you part of what you deserve, anything I don't pay you is put at risk and deserve slices. So an angel investor is someone who can cover part of the expenses for a company. A Series A investor or a professional investor usually covers all of your expenses, in which case they buy a chunk of equity for themselves. So the difference between a Series A um, and an angel investor is the degree to which they cover your expenses. Okay. So what happens if you take on an angel investor and it ain't enough? You, you got It got you from A to B, but you know your goal has always been getting to C. You're not getting enough revenue to get you there or you took on and, and you went gangbusters and got more customers and, and, and you experienced growth without the infrastructure to support the growth. So then what happens when you have an angel investor that doesn't want to dilute down, doesn't want to be bought out? How, how do you get creative and be able to grow your business when you get stuck with someone that won't pay all the bills, but feels like you owe them your life and your first unborn child? Because <laughs> I'm, well, that's, I'm that's watching a business theory. going through that right now too. Yeah, that, that's not uncommon. And anybody who doesn't want to dilute is your first problem. The anti-dilution is a ridiculous term because it means you can't grow. And no one's going to invest in a company that has anti-dilution clauses in place. And I get questions about that all the time. But it is, it is a ridiculous term to ask for in an investment. In all cases, when you want to unwind the situation, you know, you're just guessing. You're just guessing about the future if you use a typical equity split. Using the model that I've developed, the slicing pie model, it'll tell you what it should be, how it should be fair. So even that angel investor can be can, can be accommodated for in the model, and it'll show you how much that angel investor should have. Okay. And when they're when they're faced with that, they should they should accommodate. Now, if you have someone who's playing hardball, they're shooting themselves in the foot, and sometimes you got to walk away. And I personally have walked away from more than one deal in my life because I knew it wasn't going the way I wanted it to go. It was never going to be fail fair. So it fails. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is a business of startup companies. You're in the business of trying and failing. Hopefully you'll hit one. And uh, investors that won't budge and employees that won't budge and partners that don't agree on things are not a recipe for success. So the right. best answer is to get out of there as fast as you can. Right. And, and more often than not, we wind up getting involved with them where it it looks initially like it's going to be a good marriage, and then it goes sideways. 
you know, always bright eyed and bushy tailed, and you know, it always looks like it's going to be great in the get go. And yeah, I, I, I teach at uh, University of Chicago and Northwestern, and a lot of my teaching is around team projects. And everyone's been in the team project where you know, one guy does the work and the rest of them don't do anything. And that's a typical scenario, and that happens the same for startups. People get into it and say, oh, I'm going to work really hard and do all this great stuff, and they don't do anything. It's extremely typical. There's a great movie out called Startup.com, and in the movie, uh, these three guys set out to raise money uh, during the dot-com boom, and they raised hundreds of millions of dollars. And there's a one, this third partner never showed up to meetings, started slacking off, and never showed up. And the investors told the other two partners to buy him out. They paid him seven or $800,000 to buy his shares. And he was the only person in the entire company that made a single dime on the business. Everybody else went out of business. So the guy who doesn't show up and doesn't do his job winds up to benefit more than anybody else. doesn't feel right, and it isn't right, but that's how it happens in the typical world. Yeah, unfortunately. You know, this has been really, really interesting. And if folks want to find you at the University of Chicago, if they want to get one uh, or more of your eight books you've written, Slicing the Pie, Pitch Ninja, How to Make Colleges Want You, uh, College Peas, and Trade Show Samurai, if folks are interested in that, uh, how do folks find you? Uh, well, MikeMoyer.com has all kinds of information about my books and what I do and my investments and my, my consulting. And SlicingPie.com is the, uh, the book about equity splits. There's an online software that calculates equity splits for you uh, at SlicingPie.com. And, of course, on Amazon.com, too. Look up Mike Moyer and you'll see all my books. Outstanding. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the show. And for those of you who are driving around without a pencil, never fear. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is here where you can visit Mike's show page and get the linky links to all of his books, lecture series, and online software and more. Stay tuned. We've got more Unlock Your Wealth Radio coming up right after this. Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins, Kathy Colby all had coaches. Whether it was their father, someone else's father, or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail. Each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were, but as the person inside they knew they could easily become. Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation now for your free consultation. 1-866-966-9420. That toll-free number again is 1-866-966-9420. Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com. I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Too much month left over at the end of the money? Tired of paying off debt like a slave? Then tune in to my one-minute update on the Jiggy Jaguar radio network for your cup of money motivation. And for more tips, visit crackingyourmoneycode.com. Attention passengers, please fasten your seatbelts as we are in for some turbulent weather ahead. Bill Thomason is the Valley's premier business coach. Bill can help you ride out the turbulence your business may encounter. Bill Thomason is the America's premier executive coach and strategist. Bill can help you create the life you will love living. 
Over more than a quarter century, Bill has helped thousands of people just like you to achieve success beyond what they had imagined. Now is the best time you will ever have to decide what you want and to take powerful action toward achieving the outcomes you desire in your life. Bill has studied the success patterns of the highly successful people, and he has provided coaching and training programs to small business people and to top Fortune 500 executives across the U.S. and Canada. Now you can benefit from Bill's experience. If you are like most people, you may just need the professional encouragement a coach can give and a real plan for creating the outcomes you say you want in life. Call Bill now, 602-321-7192 to schedule executive coaching sessions. Thank you for flying NLP Skills Training Institute. Work all day, stress all night, take your mind off your money and focus on your life. Welcome back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagon Halls here. And I am flanked by the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry. One, two, three, four. In, uh, in, four, in three, four time, you don't have your baton going. One, two, three. Yeah, here it is. There you go. <laughs> you can't see that on the radio, can you? No, but we can hear you flitting about with it. So uh, it's time for some money drama. We need some drama. We haven't had any drama yet today. Well, we've had doggy drama, but that's that's yeah. beside the point. Yeah. Uh, so our moneyism this week had to do with courage. And this was a great moneyism, I thought, because courage is about getting getting into the saddle, even though you're scared. Right. And one of the things that happens to us is when we become fearful as a child and we're not taught to stand up. We cower at everything and we become risk averse and being risk averse is not necessarily a bad thing, but completely withdrawing from any risk and mitigating any risk means one, you're going to live a very sheltered, very shallow life because no risk, no reward. It's a, it's a direct relationship, you know? And so if, if you can't see past the risk to the reward, maybe your system for evaluation is off and maybe something that terrorized you or scared you or some sort of an example that you had as a child where you were taught to be fearful came up and that becomes your knee-jerk response anytime a situation gets uncomfortable. Somebody starts talking about money and maybe your parents didn't manage it well and so that makes you fearful so you just shut down and you don't want to talk about it. Uh, you don't want to deal with it. And and you have to deal with money. You can't avoid money. And people to say it's not about the money, life is about the money. And the better you are as steward uh, with your money the easier the rest of your life will become. All your non-money things will be able to function because you won't be stressed and worried about your money. Because sure. all the sense in the world. Exactly. And, and, and what we learn about in our sixth key is hope for the best plan for the worst. While, you know, we expect things to go well, they don't always go well and, and crazy things happen. And we can allow those to paralyze us or we could move forward anyway. And the first thing that gets in our way from doing this is biology. 
Okay. So biology gets in the way when, when we get scared, we have a hormone dump. It's because of the way we process information. And it literally shuts off our reasonable brain. So rational, reasonable thinking, critical thinking skills out the window, no logic. So you can only default to what you know. And if what you know is to cower, hide, you know, if it's the, the freeze or flee part of the fight, freeze or flee, then that's what you're going to do. Even though the situation may not be that scary. So the key thing, I think that what we need to be focusing on when it comes to um, money dramas is that what we're afraid of is the unknown. And if we can just take a moment instead of allowing ourselves to be fearful and try to understand what it is, that we're afraid of and make the unknowns known, then that's more than half the battle right there. Because then we can look at it and evaluate it and be logical and have all of those hormones dissipate. You know, because if you think about it, we're only born with two fears, okay? And that's the fear of falling. And it's because we're vulnerable because, you know, we, we don't have any musculature to really pick ourselves up and walk or move or stop a fall. And the fear of loud noises, we shudder. When we hear a loud noise, when we're babies, everything else we're taught and some fears are good. Like if you touch that hot stove, it will burn you. So it's good to be fearful of hot stoves. Okay. But to be fearful of a financial investment just doesn't make sense. Especially if you're, if you're talking about going and saving money at a bank that's federally insured. Yeah. Although with our government, I would be concerned, but that's a whole nother issue. (laughs) That's another topic for another day. But anyway, so so what we have to do is make our fears known and take them from unknown status to known status because an unpleasant known is better to the brain than uh, a potentially pleasant unknown. And so we miss out on a whole lot of life, you know, yeah. because the likelihood of misfortune to be greater than fortune is pretty slim. Yeah. Bad things happen, but not all the time, every day to everyone at the same time. Right. So we miss out when we prejudge or we refuse to explore because we allow the fear to paralyze us. So get back in the saddle, like the Duke says. Yeah. So that's the key. So for this week's key, we are talking knowledge is power, not knowing is powerful. And for those of you who are joining us for the first time, the Keys to Riches is a baker's dozen of financial concepts that teach us how to think like the rich and be in control of your own money. It also gives us specific techniques to create or fix your credit, eliminate debt, save and invest, building wealth while transforming your current financial habits into healthy money management skills. And we do that one week at a time, one key at a time. And today is all about focus. Focusing on our knowledge checklist because knowledge is power, but not knowing is powerful because when we know what we don't know, but should, now we have a leg up on those who just don't know because now we have power because we are able to do something about it. So we're going to go through those five areas of concern that we need to be focusing on today. And you can do a couple of things. You can ignore it, (laughs) or you can address it. You can learn something about it. Identify, do I know anything about this? If so, how much? And is this something that I want to be managing in this particular area of my financial life? And if not, 
that's okay. You don't have to be an expert at everything. You know, uh, it takes a lot to sit and watch uh, the stock market each and every day with the thousands of stocks that are out there. How do you follow them all? Which ones do I pick? You know, you don't need to know that. You don't need to consume yourself with that if that's not what floats your boat every day. Yeah. If that's your bag of cookies, that's great. But if, but most people, that's not going to interest them. Yeah. But they still want to be able to invest for their financial future because saving doesn't just cut it. Saving starts it. So let's address these five areas real quick. So the first area is income ex- and expenses. And that's our first area of concern. Money coming in, money going out. We want the money coming in to be greater than the money going out. Okay. Absolutely. It's a very simple concept. Make more, spend less, and then invest the difference. That's the key. It's simple. It is. It is. And but yet so many people miss the boat. So that's the first area of concern. If you don't know how to bank, you need to learn. Because if you are one of the unbanked or underbanked and are having to use services like wire services and things, if you if you can't bank with a checking account and a debit card or a savings account, you've got big financial problems. You're in crisis management mode. You're not in financial wellness mode. Then the next area of concern is protections. And protections is insuring our success by insuring our success. And that's the e-insuring. So when we think about insurances, most people think, oh my God, it's a waste of money. And for certain things like, you know, uh, a $10 warranty on a $30 radio is kind of, exactly. I bought a $200 tablet and they wanted me to buy only two years of extended protection for a hundred bucks. I'm like, are you nuts? I'll go buy a new one. Ridiculous. Yeah. So, so there are some things that are ridiculous, but like health insurance, that's kind of not ridiculous. Yeah. You know, uh, long-term care insurance. Yeah. If your family has a history of long-term illness. Yeah. That's yeah. probably makes sense. Uh, do you have insurable interests? Like, do you need to protect your income for a non-working spouse or parents of your children? You need life insurance. So what we need to do is ensure our success. And it's not a waste of money. By using insurance, we are renting the millionaire status we currently don't have to protect us in the event of a loss. Do you need your car for work? Then you probably should have some car insurance. Okay. And so you're giving yourself deep pockets without having to have deep pockets. That's what insurance is. And people never look at it like that. And you need to think about it is it's an investment in your future success. Because if you get into a car accident and the people sue you and you have no money, you're going to have this huge lien against your assets. It'll take you forever and a lifetime to pay off. But if you just would have spent a few bucks on insurance, you wouldn't have that big tap to take care of. So we have to think in those kind of terms. So then our next is, is asset accumulation. And this is the implementation of a tiered savings plan. So we're going to start saving for our future. We're going to create a a savings for emergencies. We're going to create a quality of life savings. We're going to create a have fun fund. And what we're doing is we're working up our savings to get to a point where we can become investors. And that's where we go from asset accumulation to asset multiplication, where now our money is working as hard as we are 
in the next area of concern. And our final area of concern, once we have done all of these things right and gotten ourselves into a position where we are making money and we do have assets and we are investing and we're making money from that, now we need asset preservation. And this is about leaving a legacy and mitigating taxes as best we can. And estate planning is a part of this. And we have to take it seriously, especially if you have heirs and insurable interests. If people count on you every day to bring home a paycheck, then you must be paying attention to all five areas of concern. And if you're just starting out, what a bonus it is to know what these five areas of concern are so you can address them now when it'll cost you less. Because it makes sense to put a few dollars a day away now while you're in your 20s than having to put 20 to $50 a day away in your 40s and still never catch up to the guy who started in their 20s at $3 a day. So we've got to focus on this. For this week's key statement, key affirmation, and key action item, please visit unlockyourwealthradio.com. And for more in-depth interviews with money experts, strategies, and members-only tools to fix your credit, get out of debt, and have more money and happiness, do what other savvy listeners have and visit unlockyourwealthradio.com, where you go to get your money mind right so your wealth and happiness will follow. Become an Insiders Club member today and start receiving the benefits of millionaire wisdom right now. For Unlock Your Wealth Radio and the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry, I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhalls and the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2015 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com. 